What's up guys, Adam Westfall back again for episode 6 of Club 60. Um, this one is on the 10x rule by Grant Cardone. Uh, I'm keeping it a little more um, sales specific here for this particular podcast. Um, for all my fellow salespeople out there, you can kind of understand that, uh, you know, we go through waves sometimes of, uh, you know, sometimes things being easier and then sometimes things being more difficult, you know, with motivation um, and everything of the like. Um, so whenever that happens with me, whenever I'm feeling a little lower on motivation, I always like to pick up, you know, a book like the 10X Rules, one I've read for the second time now. Um, just to just to definitely get get some motivation going, get some get some new ideas sparked, um, and, and get myself back on the horse. Um, so the 10x rule is definitely one of those self-help motivation sales books by self-proclaimed sales guru Grant Cardone. Um, and the full title is the 10x rule: the only difference between success and failure. Um, so the forward of the book comes from Grant. Um, I love I love how blunt uh, Grant is, and he really just does not give a fuck, um, and that's awesome. Um, he says anyone that suggests to me to do less is either not a real friend or very confused. Um, and what he's getting at here is um, stop stop settling. Right? It, it gives it away in the title, the 10x rule: take what you're doing and times it by 10. Um, so what is the 10x rule? Um, it as, as Grant explains, it comes in two parts. So the first part is assessing the level of effort necessary to realize a goal. And then the two is to adjust your thinking so that you dare dream at levels previously unimaginable. Right? So um, not just adjusting your level of effort, but um, which he says he was able to do when he was trying to achieve his goals earlier in his days is that he didn't dream big enough, um, and you'll hear you'll hear other um, successful entrepreneurs um, say say similar things that they didn't dream big enough. Even though, you know, from someone else's perspective, it looks like they've accomplished you know more than just about anyone else, um, or or 99.9 percent of the population will accomplish. The people that are at the top still realize that they didn't go for it as much as they could have. Um, when we're talking about success, you know, what is success? I'm sure we've all been asked at one point, especially if you've ever, you know, taken any college courses, well, what does success mean to you? Um, well, the definition that Grant gives is that it's the degree or measure of attaining some desired object or end. Um, and then when he's talking about success, he says an interesting thing about success is that it's like a breath of fresh air. Although your last breath of air is important, it's not nearly as important as your next. Um, which is completely true, especially if you've been um, in sales at all. You know, it's, it's not about what you have sold. You know, it's what you do for me today. And, you know, celebrating a, a win from, you know, the day before is not the way to succeed in sales. As you know, 99% uh, of the day is filled with rejection and... Um, you know, not 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 sunshine and rainbows, right? And then there's there's those small little periods where you do get the win, you do get that appointment set, you do uh, make the sale, you close that group, you close that deal, um, and such. Um, and and when he says when we're setting out to you know achieve success, the most common mistakes people make when setting out their goals 
Um, I'm actually going to flip to that part of the book here and, and talk about some of the most common mistakes. Um, he gives four of them here. So the first one he gives is that uh, we mistarget some of our objectives. So we mistargeting miss by setting objectives that are too low and don't allow for enough correct motivation. Um, and then next he says we are severely underestimating what it will take in terms of actions, resources, money, and energy to accomplish the target. Um, number three, spending too much time competing and not enough time at dominating. And four is underestimating the amount of adversity that you will need to overcome in order to actually attain the desired goal. Um, so essentially, I mean, all, all, all pretty understandable things, you know, if we're, if we're mistargeting, if, if we don't know how much action we need to take to achieve a goal, we're obviously not going to achieve it, right? Um, and I, the, one, the one that I like here is the spending too much time competing and not enough time dominating, um, you know, especially in, in an industry like mine where there's a lot of the same people um, doing what I'm doing, you know, insurance. I'm in the insurance insurance sales industry, and there's a lot of insurance going around out there. Uh, mine specifically is supplemental health insurance, and there's there's of course Aflac, and you're you know you can get caught competing with you know the other people that are doing Aflac, and then also other people in the industry, you know brokers um, and then competitors of the Aflac brand. Um, when if you're focused on them. You're, you're not necessarily, you know, focused on what you should be focused on, right? I love, I love the, um, when Conor McGregor says, um, which will also, I should be launching that podcast here in the next day, um, day before his big fight, uh, UFC 229 on Saturday. Um, McGregor says winners are focused on winning, losers are focused on winners, right? Um, just go out and crush it. Don't worry about the competition. I mean, it's it, easier said than done, but um, that, that, that being said, you have to go out and you have to focus on dominating. Like, you know, don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Go out and make more phone calls. You know, walk into more businesses, set more meetings, close more deals. Don't worry about, you know, what the competition's doing. Um, and then... Uh, you know, moving on from that, you know, we're talking about the 10x rule. Grant's Grant's very big on you know going for it, being unreasonable. Don't listen to what anyone tells you, right? Um, he says we are told what is possible. What is a lot of money? Um, you know, why go to the gym once a week? Why make just enough money? You know, all these things like why settle for what someone else tells you is a lot? Um, just like what I was saying. Um, in the beginning, where there's where there's people in the 99.9 percentile say they didn't dream big enough, right? They still feel like they didn't dream big enough. Um, you see, what I'm saying success success is abundant, right? There's a there's a there's a and we'll talk about that later on um, in this discussion. But uh, success is abundant, right? There's no shortage of success. Um, that, you know, where there might be shortage of, you know, food or water or something like that, a, a finite resource. Success is not something that there is a shortage of. Um, so why settle for what someone else tells you is success, right? Find that own definition for yourself. Um, 
And then he also redefines success as an accumulation of events turning out well or desired outcomes being achieved, right? So now we're stringing together, you know, wins, winning streaks, right? Not just not just one specific successful moment, but stringing those together, especially in, in a sales environment where, you know, one success does not mean shit. Like, okay, you got that, great, back to the next thing. And it's always on to the next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. Right, so stringing those together and having those turn out well um, and being achieved, right? Um, moving on from that, Grant says to never reduce a target, instead increase your actions. Um, and he talks about sales managers who see, you know, halfway through a quarter that, you know, based on what their performance has been so far, they are not going to hit their, you know, their measured goal, right? So, okay, well, what do we do? Um, a lot of people will fall back to, um, let's let's go ahead and, and well let's lower our goals now let's so we can feel good about hitting you know the new targets uh, so we don't feel bad that we didn't hit our targets uh, when instead they should be focused on taking more action right so you should if you're only making you know 30 phone calls a day well let's double it let's do 60 you know if you're only doing 60 a day well let's double it let's do you know 120 let's 10 times it right? Let's 10 exit. Doing 30 calls, do 300 calls. Do what you have to do, take more action. Um, the 10x rule assumes that the target is never too big. It must be attached with the right amount of action and persistence, right? So it's not unachievable. You just have to take, you know, ungodly amounts of action at times. Um, and then the three laws for him to, in, according to Grant Cardone, in order to have and keep success is that you have to understand that success is important. Um, success is your duty. It's your ethical obligation to be successful, you know, to yourself, to your family, you know, whoever is dependent on you. Um, and that there is no shortage of success, right? Go back to that. There's not a, a finite amount of success. It, success is abundant. Um, and then, you know, moving on from that, it is fairly common for people who don't get what they want to provide justifications and lie to themselves by minimizing how valuable success is to them, right? You know, like, we've all seen it before. I'm sure we've all been guilty of something like this before where, you know, we didn't, we didn't make it, you know, in my case, right? I, last year, I set out a goal to make it to the national convention for my company, right? I fell short by, you know, not too much. I was, I was right on the cusp of making it. Um, and I fell short and, um, instead of, you know, taking the action necessary to make it, I, you know, hit a, hit a soft spot in the road and, um, you know, provided some justifications, you know, I said, Oh, it's not that important. I don't really need to do that. I don't need this trip, you know, things like that. And that diminished the value of, you know, my goals and definitely kept me from achieving them. Um, and that's something that I can wear it and I can, you know, move on from that. But I'm sure we've all had, you know, people we know, like I said, that diminish the value of success when they, you know, don't reach whatever their initial target was. Um, and success is a result of earlier actions, right? You know, I tried to pick up the pace. I did almost close the gap on what I had you know, not set out to achieve, but um, unfortunately it was, you know, too little too late. I hit a, I hit a lull and, 
you know, one of the quarters where I just didn't really, um, I didn't have much success. I didn't have as much motivation as I had in other, you know, quarters past and the quarters following. Um, and that, that one always, it, it came back to hurt me. Um, but success, especially in sales, is a result of earlier actions. But in any area of life, success is a result of earlier actions. You know, you don't just wake up a millionaire. You don't just wake up really good at something. It's from all the time and effort and energy that you've put into, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're trying to achieve. Um, Grant says that success for anyone or any group is ultimately a positive contribution to all people and all groups as it provides validation of the possibilities to all. Um, what he means by this is, you know, when we see the impossible become possible, that success is, is something that people go, you know, we can, maybe we can achieve that. You know, like Michael Jordan not making his varsity team, you know, is his freshman year of, of high school basketball, I think it was. Um, he makes JV, but, you know, so when kids get cut from the team or when, when kids make JV and not varsity, it's easy for coaches to you know, throw that out there that Michael Jordan didn't make his varsity team, right? Something like that. That so that that success, that that success that has been you know made possible is is something that provides validation for people who you know didn't think that something like that was achievable, right? Um, but let's let's move on from that. Um, chapter six, one of my more favorite chapters, um, where Grant says assume control for everything. In other words, don't be a little bitch. Uh, success doesn't happen to you, it happens because of you. Right, so assuming control for everything. Now, it, it's obvious that we're not in control of every little thing that happens to us, you know. Um, a, lot of, a lot of things can be unforeseen, but more often than not, what we do, you know, we are responsible for. Um, and that's, that's my firm belief. And, and, and even just taking the attitude that, you know, it's my fault that this happened. Um, it's my fault things didn't go this way. Um, even when, you know, it might not have been something, you know, out of the blue could have came up and, and totally disrupted that, right? But that doesn't matter. Um, the more control you assume for, you know, your shortcomings and your successes, you know, this happened because of me, um, the more you're going to, you know, feel in control and be in control and be able to take action and be an action taker, um, which leads into his four degrees of action. So the first degree is to be a do-nothing. Um, the second is to be a retreater. Uh, third degree of action is to take normal levels of action, you know, be average, um, which, you know, better than, you know, one and two, but it's still average. And then number four is to take massive amounts of actions. Um, and then he says, regardless of what degree, they all take work, right? Like being a do-nothing, if you wanted to stay in bed all day for 24 hours, it still takes a lot of work to, you know, take the effort to stay in bed. Um, retreaters, people who, you know, when things get tough, they, they fall, they fall back, you know, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, oh, this, this is what it takes to be successful. No, I can't do that. You know, retreaters, it takes, and then people who will justify those actions or, you know, like I said, diminish the value of success and, and what it is, that's being a retreater. Um, oftentimes you'll see that with people who have been unsuccessful. Um, I see that all the time with people who don't make it. Um, in my industry, um, the retreaters, 
you know, all of a sudden, you know, I've seen a couple people that, you know, they were, they started off doing well, times got tough, um, they, they dropped out, quit, and, and have been unemployed for almost a year since, right? So that's, there, there, there are the retreaters, and, and that, that right there takes, takes action, right? That, that takes conscious action to every day not do something about your situation, right? And then the third, the third normal levels of action, that's just the average, that's just the status quo, um, just kind of floating along. You know, not, obviously, like I said, not as bad as one or two, but it's not necessarily where you want to be if, you know, 10x and, you know, being wildly successful, it, uh, you know, is your goal. Um, you have to take massive amounts of action, right? You have to 10x the action that you're taking right now. Um, massive action, which is, you know, obviously what this book is about, is, you know, the 10x, times, in the, times in that shit by 10. Um, massive action, here's a couple signs you are doing it. Um, you're creating new problems for yourself, and you're starting to receive criticism and warning from others. Right, so creating new problems for yourself uh, when you're taking massive levels of action. I notice this when my schedule is just completely booked and I'm still booking appointments for myself and double booking and going, oh shit, you know, I did not um, plan for all of this well, which is fine, you know, we can, we can fix it, right? Just keep taking massive levels of action. Keep, keep making phone calls, keep walking in places, even if your schedule's full. You know, it'll it'll work itself out. You can always, you know, reschedule things and um, you can always find a way to make it work. Um, and then you start to receive criticism and warning from others like, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't make so many calls. You shouldn't bother people. You shouldn't, you know, blah, 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 right? People start to criticize you, but it's really because they are jealous of, you know, how much action you're taking. Um, and when you continue to take that action and you continue to, you know, go against what they're advising you not to do, um, Grant, um, says that they will, you know, begin to admire you for what you're doing. Um, but average is a failing formula, right? Like why, why the fuck would you want to be average? Why would you want to have just enough money? Like we were saying, why would you want to go to the gym to, you know, just go enough to just be, um, you know, average, right? What's, what's the point of doing all that, right? Um, it's, you know, think about down the road when you just chose to be average, you know, make the average amount of money. Um, is that going to be able to pay for your children's college? Is that, you know, when your parents are sick and you need to help take care of them? Well, if they were average and now you want to be average, who's, who's going to end up having to foot the bill on, on, on your parents, right? All that stuff you know, choosing to be average, you know, you're, if, if you're just living paycheck to paycheck, which is what the average person does, when the recession hits and maybe you lose your job or um, all of a sudden your sales job, you know, if you're in the sales game, became twice as hard. If you weren't already used to taking those massive levels of action and that's not something you're used to doing um, and you, you're choosing to be average, it's, it's not going to turn out well for you, right? So you should be shooting for massive action. Um, so that's, that we'll, 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 we'll move on from that, but massive action is the key to, you know, all success. Um, and then, you know, let's talk about goal setting. He, he talks about 10x goal setting. Um, write your goals as though you have already achieved them and say them out loud. So I'm going to flip over to what his goals were, 
Um, and this is an exercise that I'm going to have to do for myself here. Um, but write down your goals as though you have already achieved them and say them out loud, right? So these are some of his goals. He said, I own 5,000 plus apartments that return over 12% positive cash. Um, cash flow. My net worth is over 100 million. My income is over a million a month. My marriage is alive and healthy and a positive model for others. I have two beautiful and healthy children. I have no debt except that which is paid by others. I have a hit TV show that has been on for five seasons. Um, I have one of the lar- I am one of the largest donors to my church. I didn't, I didn't read all of them, but those are just things that um, he has written down. He obviously hasn't achieved all of those, um, but that's, that's stuff that he writes down. That's how he says to, or what his approach is to goal setting, is writing it down before it happens, like personal statements about yourself. Um, but he says to set 10x targets, um, align them with other purposes, like where he says, I'm the largest, one of the largest donors to my church. Like if your, if your goal is to be, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Massively wealthy or, you know, super rich, you know, if your goal is to make just a fuck ton of money, we'll align it with some sort of goal, like where he wants to be the biggest donor to his church, right? Align that, um, align you know those those empty you know just wanting to be rich can kind of be an empty empty goal but if you now you know have a reason to want to be rich okay well then it's going to start setting you on that course right um he says to write them down every day when you wake up and before you go to sleep um this just is obviously a way to keep you on target um and to remind you that these are what your goals are this is what you're this is what you're fighting for every day right um, so let's move on from that and let's get back to where he says, you know, don't compete, dominate. His chapter is competition is for sissies. Dominate. Um, he says if competition is healthy, then domination is immunity. And to never play by the agreed upon norms within which others operate. Um, and that obsession isn't a disease, it's a gift. And to go all in and overcommit on anything you do. Right? So don't worry about what others are doing. Don't try and compare yourself to others. Separate yourself. You know, be a better you every day. I mean, this is all common stuff that I'm sure, you know, we've heard in, in some place or another. But it is true. Right? You don't, you don't want to play by the agreed upon norms. Right? You want to go out and do what others aren't doing. Obviously within the rules you know, of, of the law, but you want to go out and do what others aren't doing. Um, that's, that's how, you know, you become successful, right? He's, there's, there's a big part in here where he talks about, you know, being unreasonable, you know, be unreasonable with others. Like the guy who created the, the air, the, the Wright brothers who created the airplanes or the people who, you know, created the rocket, um, they're the first, you know, the first rocket that went to the moon, right? They, if they would have just played by the agreed upon rules and gone and, you know, gotten an average job and, you know, done the, done the shit that the average person does, then they, they wouldn't have, you know, brought about the success that validated that, oh, this is possible. We can do this. This is achievable, right? So if you're looking to be wildly successful, you can't worry about what the fuck everyone else is doing you have to go above and beyond and just keep pushing um, 
and make make 10x actions a habit for yourself, right? Um, and he says to expand and never contract, right? So think about recessions. Um, think about how can you expand without using money, right? So like a recession, expand, never contract. When the recession happens, most people contract. They they sell all their they sell all their assets. They get rid of everything. Um, dump their stocks, do all this shit that everyone else is doing, the average person is doing because they get scared and they contract, right? Um, well, and then, and then how can you expand without using money? So this is more sales specific. Um, you know, when you're thinking, you know, real estate or insurance, you know, advertising money, you know, all this stuff, money f to run the business, all that kind of stuff. Well, what can you do for free that can expand your business without really costing you any money. You know, well, there's things like social media, there's things like making cold calls, there's things like walking into places and talking to business owners, talking to people that you need to talk to, qualifying prospects, all that kind of stuff um, you can do really, you know, with minimal amounts to almost zero dollars, right? Um, you know, social media, things like that, you can which I've been experimenting with, you can pay and, you know, run ads and things like that, but you don't have to, right? You can expand without using money. Um, he says that fear is the great indicator of success. If it scares you, do it, right? So if you're, if you're scared of something, then you should do it. And I wrote in my notes here that, except if you're scared of failure, don't approach failure. But if it scares you, do it, um, and to, you know, the biggest, what fear feeds itself on is time, right? So if something scares you, you should fucking attack it right then and there, right? So it's like that eat the frog every day. Like, you know, if you, if you eat the frog to start your day, then, you know, the rest of the day is easy. So you should start your day with, you know, the stuff that scares you the most, um, which is why I like to start my sales day with my, you know, my phone calls. Because many of you guys have been, you know, in, in a sales position, you know, making phone calls is never fun. It never gets easier. Um, but if you knock those out of the way early, early in the morning, you know, that's, that's a sign, you know, that you're, you're, you're moving towards success, right? You, you knock those out, boom, done, right? So fear, fear is a great indicator. When something scares you, you got to go after it. Don't take time to sit and think about how you're going to attack it and plan and, and paralyze yourself, just fucking get in there and do it. Easier said than done, um, but fear feeds itself on time. Um, and then let's, let's move on. Let's, let's move on to the myth of time management. Okay, so Grant breaks it down. He says there's 168 hours in a week. We all get those hours, right? Nobody gets more hours. Nobody gets less. Um, let's say you're working a 40-hour-a-week job. You got... You got 40 hours, you got 37.5 hours of work a week if you're working a nine to five with a half an hour lunch, right? And then 33% of that time is, you know, spent on sleep. Um, so, and then, and then the rest of that time is open for whatever you want it for, right? So if, you, if you're at 40 hours of work a week, you still got 128 left. And then out of that, you know, 168 hours, you have 33% of it. So that's roughly what? It's 
somewhere around like not not exactly but like 50 a little over 55 hours um of 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 time a week well let's just do it this way if you had seven hours a week and you you know if you if you slept seven hours a week and you know seven days a week you have 49 hours right 49 plus the 40 hours you work that's only 89 hours so you still have damn near half the time in that week to do whatever it is that you know can make you successful right um he says you know create time create time for yourself right um great example of this on myself like a personal anecdote for me is you know the the challenge where i set out to read 60 books well when i first heard that the average ceo i think it actually came from the 10x book that the average ceo um will you know read 60 books in a year um and then you know as i've been doing this you know i've you know told some people about it and you know some people are like wow that's cool i could never read 60 books um and obviously i was in the same thing like it sounds awesome, but fuck, that's a lot of time. Um, but one of the big things I've been able to do is, you know, switch over to audiobooks. And with my job outside sales, I'm driving damn near half my day. Um, and, 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 you know, the commute to and from work and then the commute to and from, you know, all my destinations for the day, I can just throw the audiobook in there and um, soak up a lot of that information while I'm driving. Right, and then I can go back through the book later on and kind of, you know, read through the parts that I need more clarification on. Um, but that allows me to get through one to two books a week, right? So that way I'm saving time. I'm not, you know, working 40 hours and then spending another 20 hours a week reading. I'm doing both while simultaneously working, right? So that's one way where I've been able to create time for myself. Um, and any other ways we can create time for ourselves is something you know, we should, we should think about. Um, he also says working harder while you're at the office, right? Well, if you can make, you know, like his example is if you can make 15 calls in 15 minutes where the average person, you know, makes 15 calls in a whole day, well now look at how much time you've just saved, 15 minutes. Well now if you did that four times and you did 60 calls, say you're able to get 60 calls in 60 minutes, um, now in one hour you've accomplished what someone would accomplish in almost the whole week right and then you multiply that you do that effort every single day now you know you can do in you know a month what it takes someone a year to accomplish so that's how you can create time for yourself working harder while you are at work to get more things done um, sales is one of those jobs that does allow for that you know if you're just in a normal nine to five you know making make a minimum wage job where you do the same shit every day that's not that doesn't necessarily apply but for sales absolutely um working harder in that time that you are at work allows you to free up more time um for yourself to you know take on other things and or um allows you to multiply your time um and do more in less time therefore you know a year for you looks a lot different than a year for the average person who's not taking massive action, right? Um, so let's, let's move on from, from that, that over there. Um, and, and let's move on to, you know, where Grant says that criticism is a sign of success. Um, you know, a lot of this, a lot of the stuff is, is repeated throughout the book, but it, but it's still good to, you know, touch back on, you know, criticism is a sign of success when, when, starting to hear criticism, man, I can't tell you 
um, how many people who have failed in, in the industry that I am were those same people that were you know, always just so, so envious of, of when someone else would do something good instead of, you know, being happy for them. Um, they, they would have some sort of criticism, which is, you know, hilarious. Think of LeBron James, who I think is the greatest basketball player of all time. All the criticism that he receives, right? He's, he's constantly criticized, even though he's the, he's the best, best player in the league and has been for, you know, the last fucking at least 10 seasons. Um, that's, that's, that's a sign of success is when you're being criticized, when you're being talked about. Winners focus on winning. Losers focus on winners, right? Um, moving on from that, um, Grant says that customer satisfaction is the wrong target, um, which, you know, on the surface doesn't sound right, but I absolutely agree with it. Um, you can't have customer satisfaction if you don't have customers to begin with, right? So you can't focus on customer satisfaction. You need to focus. Your number one priority has to be on customer acquisition, right? He says, they, the customer can't be satisfied without my product. Um, well, and that's, 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 that's customer satisfaction right there. You can't be satisfied unless you have my product. Um, and then companies have become so consumed about their current customer satisfaction that many are failing to aggressively acquire and expand their market share, um, which is absolutely true. I mean, I think of insurance as a great example of this, right? Um, you stay in this business longer and longer, which um, I have been in it now for a little over a year. Um, absolutely true. You, 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 you begin to build a book of clients. More and more people have claim problems or there's billing issues, whatever the issue may be. And those, those problems can stack up. Um, and I've seen some salespeople, you know, that, that sinks them where they're not able to, you know, do anything, um, or they claim they can't do anything. Um, even though they could just take half an hour to, you know, make their daily phone calls and prospecting calls to continue, you know, some sort of pipeline and, and book of business and new customer acquisition, you know, line going. Um, people are, get so worried about the customer satisfaction piece of helping people with claims and, and doing all that stuff, which is, which is part of it, but there's, there's, the, and I'm not taking away from that, but there's, there's other things, you know, you still have to continue to grow and expand your business. And if you get caught up with all of that, um, and letting that take up your whole day, um, then of course you're going to begin to lose market share. And then all of a sudden, now your clients are going to start falling off. That would have fallen off even if you did and you were providing the best customer service, right? Um, but let's, let's, let's move on from that. Um, Grant talks about omnipresence, being everywhere in all places at all times. Um, that's, and, and, and for something like what he does with his with his selling and his, you know, sales teaching and all this stuff and his real estate investing classes. He runs a shit ton of social media ads. He has a team now that runs, you know, which we don't all have the luxury to do that yet. Um, but he's got, he, he's got himself in all places at all times. So it seems like he's always there, right? He's got omnipresence. Even when he's not there, he's there. Um, things like social media, especially social media, allow us to you know, be all over that with, with timed email blasts where you got an email list and you have, you know, you have your next 30 days of emails already ready to be sent out, right? Um, you have 
you know, Coca-Cola, right? He's just Coca-Cola. Even though they got the best brand recognition in all of the United States, do they stop running commercials? No. Because if they did, then they can, you know, eventually they might be forgotten about. So they, they don't ever let you forget that they're out there. Um, their omnipresence is on point, and they're always, always posting new commercials. Um, and now I'll get into the last part of the the book, which is the sex, the successful um, versus the unsuccessful, and he's got he's got a bunch of um, rules here for it. Um, I will find that here. Um. Okay. Um, and, and these are things that I won't, I won't dive too deep on. I'll just kind of read them for what they are, but having a can do attitude, um, believing that I will figure it out. That's where, you know, overcommit, you know, say yes to everything and then figure it out later. Um, which we really can, um, combine that with a can do attitude of, yes, I can get you done. Focusing on opportunity, um, seeing the good in in what lies ahead of you, right? Focusing on the opportunities, not focusing necessarily on the negatives. Um, it's not always a bad thing to focus on the negatives. It's, it's important to know that they exist, but you got to see the opportunity in everything, right? Love challenges. Um, seek to solve problems, um, especially in sales um, for, for newer people, especially for myself. I just saw myself as you know, I show up, here's my product, buy it now. Where more, where you're more so, what's going to get people to buy your product is leveraging it as solving some sort of problem, right? You need to solve the problem. Where, you know, in my industry, I deal with employee benefits for companies, right? Well, you know, when I talk to an employer, when I'm just talking about benefits and, and boring insurance stuff, it's not too exciting, but when I'm talking about how offering these benefits is going to help solve, you know, things like employee turnover, um, things like bringing in new customers, right? Or not new customers, but bringing in like new employees when you're posting your Craigslist ad for, you know, wanting a new employee. If you say you have dental vision, then and, and major medical coverage, then that makes you look a lot more promising than the person who runs the same exact business and doesn't have that, right? So. Seeking to solve a problem for the business owner, right? Um, persist until you're successful. That's an age-old. Um, that's an age-old sales one. Is you know persistence. That's probably the number one key to a successful salesperson is their persistence, the ability to just get up and and do the job every day, um, and and you know persist with somebody who does need your product, is not satisfied but doesn't know it yet. You have to. You have to persist with those people. You have to take risks. You have to be unreasonable. You have to be unreasonable with people sometimes um, to get what you want. Um, be dangerous. So be dangerous. Um, he says, you know, ever since you're, you're a child, you were taught to be careful. Um, and, and a lot of that entrepreneurial, that free spirit is, is, is taken out of you at a young age. And that's why a lot of us choose to be average um, is because we're told not to be dangerous, right? Create wealth towards yourself. Um, readily take action. Always say yes. Say yes. Overcommit. Um, habitually commit. Um, go all the way. Um, 
which obviously you know don't and, and, and a lot of people do but don't it, you shouldn't half-ass things uh, if you choose to do something you should go all the way and see where it'll take you you know you'll never know how good you are at something or whatever the the one thing that I can't fucking stand um, when talking to people is you know when I like when I was in school you know well it could be good if I just applied myself I couldn't tell you how many times I heard that I was like dude that's all part of the successful piece. That's all part of, you know, being smart is, you know, doing that part, right, is taking action. We all have potential. We all have shit we haven't tapped into. Most people just don't take massive amounts of action, right? Sales is a great revealer of that. Um, plenty of people come into, you know, this industry and, you know, great looking, uh, great personality, but they half-ass it. They don't really take it serious. They don't see it as an opportunity you know they don't they don't commit to the successful nature the, the process of what it takes to become successful in this um, focus on the now right you can't focus on the past that's already gone um, you want to be focused on the future but you can't get to the future without now and taking action now and getting shit done now right you're not going to have a deal lined up next week if you didn't make your phone calls this week right so focus on the now, um, demonstrate courage. So that's that's attacking fear, you know, doing things that scare you, um, embracing change. Uh, that's that's pretty self-explanatory. Embracing change is important. Um, as times change, as as the market changes, you can't always, you know, you got to be willing to switch it up. Um, determine and take the right approach. Uh, break traditional ideas, think outside the box, um, be goal-oriented, have goals, line them up, knock them down, right? Be on a mission. Your mission is to crush those goals, is to be successful. Have a high level of motivation. Um, it says motivation refers to the act or state of being stimulated toward action. So somehow find a way to stay motivated to take action, right? Um, you know, I'm kind of conflicted on, you know, what motivation is, um, especially after dropping, you know, that last podcast on the book about habits. Um, and I've seen quotes, you know, habit or motivation gets you started, but habits keep you going. Um, it's just like going to the gym, right? Um, it, it, it can be, you know, hard at first, but you get some motivation, you start going um, after two weeks, okay, not as easy. You know, there's, 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 you do have to find a way to make yourself motivated and you have to create, you know, a habit routine and a habit loop where you reward yourself for, you know, taking that action. And that's what will create the habit and make it easier and easier. Um, be interested in results. Don't be interested in, well, I did this today. Well, at least I showed up. You know, no, be, you still want to be interested in your results, right? No one, you know, in, in sports, it doesn't matter if you you know, showed up and you played hard, it, at the end of the day, it does matter if you win, right? Um, especially at the higher and higher levels. You know, if you look at your own statistics, it's not about, well, I got in and I played this many minutes, and or I got in and I, I took this many jump shots, or I threw this many passes, or I, I, I swung this many times at the pitch. You know, it is, it is at the end of the day about results and what you actually did achieve. Um, he says to number 24 of the successful or unsuccessful traits is to have big goals and dreams. Um, that's, that's pretty obvious. Um, create your own reality. Success happens 
because of you, right? So create your own reality. Take action specific to your success so that you can create the life that you want to create. Um, commit first, figure out later. Um, that's pretty self-explanatory too. Yes, we can do that. Yes, let's get together. And then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out later or... Yes, we can do that for you. Um, this happens all the time when you're you know, in a sales meeting. Sometimes you don't know the answer, but you're going to go find out for the person. Never say no. You know, Commit first, figure out the, the answer later. Um, uh, be highly ethical. Obviously, that's, that's an obvious one. Uh, you want to be ethical. You, you don't want to be a criminal. You want to make sure that you're you know, doing shit the right way so you build a good brand and a good reputation for yourself. Um, he says to be interested in the group um, you can only do as well as the people around you so you should surround yourself with people who are winners people who are not going to criticize you for you know being successful or going for something you know wildly successful you should have a group of people that are also on the same track and or people that will cheer you on as you you know go throughout your path of trying to achieve success um be, be dedicated to continuous learning, which is one of the big ones that I got from this book, uh, where he says the most successful CEOs are reported to read an average of 60 books a year and attend more than six conferences per year, whereas the average American worker reads an average of less than one book and makes 319 times less income. Well, be dedicated to continuous learning, right? Go to college if you have to. You don't have to go to college, though. If you can't afford that, you can still expand your resources by doing something cheaper like going to the library and reading books, right? There's ways to grow your knowledge that don't necessarily cost you money. Um, be uncomfortable. Um, it's okay to be uncomfortable. You got to be okay with doing things that make you uncomfortable, especially in sales. Like I said, there's a lot of shit in this that, that is uncomfortable, making phone calls to people you don't know being rejected on a daily basis, all that kind of stuff. Um, reach up in relationships, right? So the successful constantly talk about having people around them who are smarter, brighter, and more creative. It's unlikely that you'll hear one of them say, I got here by surrounding myself with more people just like me. You know, so reach up, seek out mentors, seek out people that, you know, are where you want to be. Um, one of my mentors, you know, told me to not take advice from people that weren't, or hadn't achieved what they had achieved, right? Well, don't take advice from people that, you know, you don't want to, you, how do I, how do I explain this? Uh, you don't want to take advice, you know, from, you know, the guy who, who makes 60K a year and, you know, works the average nine to five, hates his job, if your goal is to make, you know, a million dollars a year or a million dollars a month, whatever it may be, why would you listen to that guy, right? Uh, be disciplined. That was pretty self-explanatory as well. All these are really self-explanatory, but, you know, being disciplined, doing the same shit every day, creating those habits, um, getting up every day at the same time, sleeping the same amount of hours, uh, making it to the gym, making those phone calls, doing those call blocks every day, which I'll talk about in one of my upcoming podcasts, um, being disciplined, doing the things that it takes to be successful and doing them day in, day out right um and those 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 are the 32 32 successful versus unsuccessful traits that you'll 
um, see in the book, but obviously I just brushed over them. It's, it's a good thing to go um, back and read this, like, like I say in just about every podcast. So this is just my review of the book and kind of what I get out of it um, and what helps me and the information that I've pulled from it. Um, but there's this, this thing is chock full of, you know, motivation and information that um, it's going to be a little different for each person that reads the book. Um, but the last, last chapter is just getting started with 10x. Right, you can't start yesterday because that's yesterday, and you can't start tomorrow. You'd be violating 10x by not taking action right now in the present, not focusing on the now. So your only option is to get started. You have to start now. Um, that's that's what I'll be doing today. I'll be uploading this podcast and then getting started on my day. Um, right now it's it's six. 6.48 in the morning, um, and I started this podcast about 6 a.m., so, you know, my day is just getting started, and I, I'm starting right now, so, um, that's, that's, that's the, that's the 10X book, that's, that's kind of the notes and the, the things that I was able to take away from it, um, and I was, I'm always, I'm always, you know, happy to reach for a book like the 10X Rule when, like I said, you know, None of us are perfect. Motivation sometimes isn't there. Um, and I'm looking for something, um, you know, to kind of pick me up. Love those self-help books. Um, this is a great book, especially for those of you who are in the sales industry, um, where motivation every day is important and, and building those, those habits that, you know, um, aren't necessarily motivating, but you have to find some sort of thing that you're motivated towards um, and build the right habits like making the correct amount of phone calls and, and having a whole system for that and that's something that I I I try and teach um, people that I have um, in my in my sales in my sales industry and in my job um, where I'm a district sales coordinator responsible for training um, new um, insurance agents on how to be you know good salespeople great salespeople um, the steps they have to take and the habits that they need to develop to reach the levels that they say that they want to reach. Um, but other than that, um, this one I'm 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 grateful to to you if you if you hung with me this long and you've you've stuck around for um, the sixth the sixth installment of my podcast series of Club Sixty. Uh, we're one tenth of the way done with the goal. Uh, I slacked in. September, where we've now reached October. This challenge started August 1st. Um, so I still got 50 more books and podcasts to go. Um, I have been getting through the books. I just haven't been getting the podcasts up. Um, but I'm confident that I will get more and more up and get more content out there. Um, for those of you that do appreciate it and do listen, um, I appreciate you. Um, Make sure you, you connect with me on, on LinkedIn. Follow me on Instagram um, at Adam Westfall. I'm thinking about um, completely shifting Club 60 over to a social media page um, to where we can separate that kind of stuff um, so I can keep my personal, personal social media personal and grow the Club 60 the way I want to grow Club 60. Um, but... Other than that, I'm signing off, and like I said, thanks guys, and we'll see you next time.